Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, thanks for joining me today. If it's your first time uh, tuning into uh, my radio show or you are a returning guest, uh, whether you are listener, not guest, whether you're listening live uh, or uh, through uh, archive, uh, uh, welcome. Uh, a little bit about me, and then we'll kind of launch into our, our discussion here today. Uh, I am a professional navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology, uh, numerology, uh, tarot, runestones, a lot of different types of oracles that I have worked with um, for many, many years. Uh, I do private consultations with people uh, here in my home office in Phoenix, as well as by phone. Uh, if you want information about any of those services, please go to my website at jimventura.com. I'm also a uh, published author of a couple of books, and uh, I do a monthly column called Snake Oil uh, that is available through um, a Gmail um, at the blog site. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly column, it is free. Uh, there's no promotional connections with it. It's blind copied out, so you can uh, access that by emailing me at uh, venturasagyahoo.com, asking to be added to the free monthly newsletter mailing list. Uh, always uh, include your birthday with that because I do a once-a-year birthday promotion for different signs that you might want to take advantage of also. Okay, so all that good stuff said uh, this is the beginning of the month, so typically we do a live column read, and then I'm going to talk about that in uh, more detail. A lot of things going on right now, uh, both uh, in the world and astrologically and lots of stuff. So I'll, I'll try to touch upon a number of those things, again, primarily focusing on uh, the point of, of this column and, and how that affects me and, and may very well affect a lot of my listeners uh, I shouldn't even say may, will affect many of my listeners at one level or another because uh, these are pretty base human realities that we deal with and they'll make more sense to you when we kind of uh, go through the column read. So uh, just to kind of dive in here uh, and, and get started with the column read, let's do that first. Uh, in case you have not uh, read it or heard it already, uh, I'm going to go through that and then we'll talk about it some more. Um, I'm not going to be taking live calls uh, during today's show, um, typically uh, I usually do uh, more live calls in my astrology update shows. When I do those, you can follow me here to see when the next one of those will occur, uh, primarily because I want to stay on topic, and people typically when they call in, they kind of want me to pull a couple of cards for them or things like that, and I, you know, in the larger picture, uh, will we'll do much better work by staying on, on, on subject, uh, especially because it's only a 45-minute show. So uh, this month's snake oil column is called So Sensitive. I was hanging out with a longtime friend a few weeks ago when I told him that I experienced a night during my last vacation where I drank way too much alcohol. I usually have one drink a night when I go to Las Vegas. So the three day and night trips that I take about every other month. The bartender in the Diamond Lounge overpoured my Cavassier to make it more like three drinks. I figured I was on vacation and not driving, so what would it matter if I indulged beyond my normal limits? Of course, my intuitive and practical self told me it was not a good idea. I foolishly ignored those wiser voices. 
I drink infrequently and and very little when I do, so this heavy amount made me a bit drunk. Like most intoxicants, it was fun for a few hours and quickly followed with a headache and other discomforts. I crashed in my hotel room early that night and had a lousy night of sleep. I woke up every two hours to urinate, and I did not feel well-rested when I got up the next morning. I felt crappy for most of the next day, and I couldn't seem to drink enough water to feel comfortably hydrated. Indulgence in any form usually has an expensive price tag attached to it. I began to really understand in my mid-20s the fun of indulgence isn't worth the after effects. The buddy I told about my brief indulgence with alcohol is Mormon. I told him that I think the Mormons are right about the negative aspects of intoxicants like alcohol, drugs, and caffeine. He was thrilled that I validated the wisdom of an aspect of his religious and spiritual convictions. He's a good friend and my designated driver when we go out to bars or even other events a few times a year. Even though I don't actually drink most of the time, his willingness to be a driver is greatly appreciated. Seeing him light up with appreciation reminded me that I often forget to verbally acknowledge the wisdom and value of my friends. I have great friends, and that's why I hang out with them in the first place. This experience reminded me to be, make a point to compliment them more often. My sensitivity to certain foods, drugs, and alcohol became noticeable in my early 20s. I gave up fast food at about the age of 23. Diet anything ended the first time I tasted something with artificial sugar. It tasted lousy to me. Uh, crystal light nightmares of my mother trying to sell us on the benefits and tastiness because she was often trying to lose weight. And any product that contains artificial sugar just simply never appeals to me. In my late teens and early 20s, I briefly experimented with a few harder drugs like cocaine and even ecstasy once, uh, but they were never things that I was truly comfortable with. I always found the toll of these substances on my body, spirit, and wallet didn't justify their value. Even over-the-counter medications like allergy medication and pain medications have always made me feel uncomfortable. Uh, they would temporarily fix what was wrong, but 10 other negative things would be the uncomfortable price I paid for using them. The only drug that ever never really seemed to bother me uh, in any real way or cause me any real effects was uh, actually marijuana. I'm guessing this is because it's a natural plant from the earth and less harsh to the body. I was happily stoned a lot when I was in college and experienced very low adverse effects. In my early 20s, my tolerance for alcohol began to wane as well. I'd be fine when I drank top-shelf alcohol in good wines and beers in small doses. I discovered that I was able to drink reasonable amounts of alcohol if I, if I had a bottle of water between drinks. Now, when I drink, it's usually two bottles of water for each alcoholic beverage. Caffeine became far less tolerable when I got into my early 30s. When I would return to New York to visit friends and family, where I'm from originally. The straight, not cut with decaf, coffee I drank would leave me feeling irritable and uncomfortably wired for hours. At home, when I make coffee, it's generally 75% decaffeinated. Now that I'm in my 40s, I even have difficulty ingesting too much sugar. Over time, I've definitely become a sensitive Susie. I've already discussed the emotional and psychological influence of intoxicants in previous snake oil columns. Things like alcohol, tobacco, sugar, caffeine, and other drugs all mask uncomfortable feelings, like, and these line up, 
fear, anger, feeling unlovable, and a bit of everything, respectively. If we are moderate with these types of things, they can actually be enjoyable and not necessarily damaging to our bodies. Yet, when we begin to develop spiritually, there are other difficulties that can surface as we awaken. Not only do our physical bodies become more sensitive, but our emotional and intuitive bodies become increasingly sensitive as well. Hard-to-absorb substances become not only uncomfortable, but difficult people, environments, and many other things can become toxic to us. Many years ago, I noticed that when I'm in bars or places where people are checking each other out, that I often frequently have to urinate. Even if I haven't had a lot of liquids, I still notice a frequent need to eliminate. Often when I get home, I still find myself going to the bathroom more than normal when I'm trying to sleep at night. When people are attracted to us or simply energetically poking around, this can be pressure on our second chakras. The second chakra is the energy center below our navel that governs relationships, balance, and much of our sexual relationship energy. I find a similar thing happens when we're on couples that are fighting or arguing around me. The area of my body gets uncomfortable and instinctively wants to release more than usual. On a more positive note, as we develop our intuitive abilities and our vibrational levels increase, i.e. we become more enlightened, we can become more tuned into knowledge of how to avoid toxic environments and difficult people. Increased intuitive development can help us to avoid the things that can harm us. We link our intuitive and instinctual centers in a more cohesive and productive way. There are many different benefits that can come from developing our intuitive abilities. While we can train ourselves to allow negativity to flow through us, this is not always easy to do. Although I've never been able to completely commit to a vegetarian diet, I do respect and understand why vegetarians have chosen this path. Eating meat that is pumped up with antibiotics and other toxic substances can be extremely hard on the body. Much of the meat most Americans ingest is also from animals that are treated quite poorly. To a large extent, the energy of cruel conditions animals being killed in inhuman ways and the fear they experience becomes part of the meat and the byproducts and can be energetically and physically uncomfortable to put in our bodies. I've committed to eating a lot less meat over the years. Uh, when I do buy and cook meat, I purchase range-free and organic meats. It's a bit more expensive, but it's worth it. I find that the meat I eat at some restaurants and buffets where the meat is of poor quality often ends up making me sick. It may seem that we're becoming weaker as we develop spiritually, and the extra sensitivity to certain substances limits us in some ways. Now, other people may see us as too fussy because we can't eat certain things or avoid some places and people. Benefits to the increased sensitivity and fussiness will often allow us to age a lot better, become less likely to develop illness, and we'll become healthier physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Good news for most of us is that no matter how selective or fussy we become, uh, we can still have a little indulgence from time to time if we keep it reasonable. My, quote, bad thing is an occasional cigar. I tilt a bit heavier and, and, and enjoy a number of cigars during casino trips, but I don't do that more than once a week. I balance this with doubling my water intake when I do. Uh, the buzz from tobacco is a little hard for me to handle, especially if I smoke before going to bed. Still, an occasional good score is just so good, and if I go there, I might smoke 
If I go there, I only smoke high-end tobacco. Not surprisingly, the cheap cigars make me physically sick. And one of the great things about being alive is to enjoy the sensual delights in this world. Even if you're becoming more and more of a sensitive Susie, like me, you can enjoy an occasional indulgence. It can be a bit of a balancing act, yet it can be done. And no matter how more, much more sensitive I become, giving up cheese, eggs, bagels, coffee, and really good chocolate, damn it, I've learned that adding weekly cleanses once or twice a year is just the right balance for me. Okay, so I, I wrote this column originally back in 2013, which is now four and a half years ago. Um, and uh, kind of, you know, when I when I repeat a column, you know, uh, because I've been doing the column actually since 2003. So when I do run a repeat, which is awesome because I have a lot of columns now, so uh, people who forgot they read that one or they just never read it because I'm always getting new clients, people coming and going, uh, new readers, I should say. Um, I, I mean, I did some rewrites on this, but again, this was originally written back at that time. Um, so a lot of different things I want to comment about this particular column. And uh, I, I noticed I can kind of check my stats. This column was well-read uh, this particular month of September, and I think a lot of people um, kind of maybe needed to hear this at, at one level or another. Um, but, uh, you know, still uh, to this day, Again, I haven't written that a couple of years ago. Now, and I, mem I mentioned that too, that I mentioned now that I'm in my 40s. Now I'm actually, actually in my early 50s. So I was still in my 40s when I first wrote that. I don't think I caught that in editing, but I pointed out that I wrote it in 2013. So technically I was still in my 40s. Uh, so let me comment on a few of these things. I want to tell you about kind of a current thing that I've been going through uh, that thankfully has resolved in a very, very good way. Um, that'll kind of give you guys some more insight here as well. So one, you know, honestly, you know, I had a brief partying period in my early 20s or so where I drank a bit, but I don't I don't know if I ever really drank a lot of alcohol. Um, even in my real younger days, I, I, I've been, you know, almost blackout drunk twice in my entire life, once when I was like 19, and then another time when I was about 24, no, I was about 26, one other time. But like I barfed and everything. Oh, I just, I don't know. I, I like the taste of really good alcohol, but I just don't like the effects of, of alcohol. I don't really like to be drunk. Um, again, my younger days when I was much more of a bad boy, I was more of a stoner. I would sort of like that high uh, a lot better than an alcohol high. And it's interesting also because I read something a couple months ago about the why they call alcohol spirits, because the theory is that there are energetic spirits, lower astral entities that can sometimes hook on to people when they're drunk. Um, uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that. Um, it can be a little new age kooky, but there probably is some truth to that in some respects as well, um, because sometimes people when they're drunk really, you know, get, you know, behavior becomes quite... Uh, uncomfortable, to put it mildly. And, and, and that gets back to what alcohol does. Alcohol masks fear, energetically and emotionally. So um, there's good fear. There's, you know, when you tell off your girlfriend or your friend or your boyfriend, you know, and, and say all those things you held back, you know, maybe there's a reason you hold them back. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there, there's, there's, you know, fear itself is typically not good, but there's what I call good fear. The parts of us that you know, become constrained in a healthy way. 
as well, too. You know, sometimes you may say and do things that you can never take back. And, and that's, you know, to me, alcohol tends to break that line. So that's where you notice that with really hardcore alcoholics, it's just fearful people. So now, uh, again, as I mentioned in the piece, occasional having a drink here and there and things like that. Listen, something wrong with that. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But ultimately, like I said, for me, it was never really my thing. Just made me pee too much. And like I said, just never was really up my alley in terms of, of particular enjoyment. But... Uh, uh, and I, even when I had commented in this column, like when I say I was a bit drunk, I mean, I think it was again because I had three, maybe three and a half to four drinks, which is huge for me. I don't normally do that. So anyway, that's the alcohol thing. Um, you know, a couple of other comments I'm going to make about this specific thing is, you know, I noticed pretty early on, I remember when I was a little kid and, like, I'd get excited about going to McDonald's or Burger King or Hardee's or any of these other, you know, um, fast food places. And I ate it, and it was thrilling. Um, but I'm telling you, really early on, and, and that's because I think I started the spiritual study thing pretty young. I mean, 17, 18, I was studying astrology and numerology and reading channel books. and You know, early 20s, I mean, I just could not eat fast food anymore. I mean, it was... You know, it wasn't that it didn't taste good. It just would wreak havoc with the body without getting graphic here um, in a way that just was not happening. So, I mean, I really stopped eating that crap pretty, pretty early in. I mean, I can have like an Egg McMuffin at McDonald's, which doesn't even feel great either. But um, like a burger, or you know, I, can't, I can't eat that stuff. It's just so many reasons. The meat, the person handling the meat, quality, the, you know, and it's not attacking any of it. It's just, again, that's that sensitive disposition that happens. And even early on, too, like I mentioned in the piece, I always remember my mother with her crystal light because she's always trying to diet in the 70s and 80s when I was a kid. And, um, you know, <laughs> it just tastes like hell to me, artificial sugar. I, I mean, I just have a little bit of regular sugar. It is nasty. And what I noticed with my mother and other people who have, been long-term uh, fans of Sweet and Low and artificial sugars in general, um, I noticed this sort of a rubber, a rubberiness to the skin that I think that I've caught with people that are long-term artificial sugar eaters. Uh, so again, it's just a theory, but it's something I've observed in my mother and a few of the friends from back in the day that kind of had that, I don't know, something that was not quite right with the texture of the skin in a way. And again, think about that. It's artificial sugar. It has to go somewhere. I mean, it's going to be stored in the body. So another thing I could rant about, anyway, it didn't even matter for me. Just the taste of it is horrible in that sense as well. Like anyone reacts to too much sugar, but, you know, um, I think the body at least sort of knows what to do with sugar. It's in reasonable quantities. It's probably relatively okay. Um, if you can get rid of it, awesome. But, you know, again, I'm not fanatical either uh, <laughs> about those things. Sometimes a piece of cheesesteak is, is just maybe what you need. Um, anyway, so, uh, but again, a lot of the solution I had with alcohol and other things was just to, you know, over overdo the amount of water in comparison. Same thing with the, the caffeine thing. Again, when I was younger, I, I could have caffeine. You know, the older I got, the more, you know, too much caffeine is just through me in a way. So when I do make coffee at home, it is I, I usually cut it, you know, about 
uh, you know, three to one with, with decaf coffee and a little bit of caffeine. Um, so that's works pretty well for me, even though I know people go on about the process of decaffeinated coffee is bad, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, I don't, you know, you got to still walk in this world in some practical ways, as difficult as that is. Uh, the other thing I mentioned, the piece that's very, very key is again, the thing with the bar. Um, I've always noticed that, that bars, places where people are checking you out a lot, again, extra pressure is going into second chakra, first chakra to some extent, maybe even third, um, and, and there is an effect that, that will come from this. I certainly noticed it um, even in my 20s when I was around even just couples arguing and fighting, trying to get you on their side or you know what I mean, just fighting in front of you. It was like that, just such a harsh push on that area of your body. And I think in a practical way, you try to eliminate the energy by, you know, by, by typical, you know, normal release, which would be, you know, urinate. Um, you know, unless you know other techniques to discharge that energy, which I certainly know some, but, um, you know, when it's difficult and it's overwhelming, it is going to affect you. So uh, certainly something I, I have definitely caught as well. Uh, but the key is, and, and this is why Hannah wrote this piece, um, you know, in a nutshell, listen, I know it's a pain because, you know, you might be four years old and you just you see, you know, other people that can eat Taco Bell and things like that, and you're like, I can't do it, and I'm super fussy, and people are going to see it's fussy, and, you know, who cares? Let them see it's fussy. They have judgment about you anyway, and that you're a weirdo, or you're too smart, or you're too, you know, too odd. Um, you know, your body is precious. We take care of it. Uh, and, and as you intuitively and spiritually develop, yeah, it is going to become more sensitive. But again, like I said in this piece, that also makes you instinctively able to avoid things and people and circumstances and situations because you don't resonate with it. So there's another, that's one value. You know, the other side of it is, you know, uh, listen, we don't, you don't have to become fanatical in, in the sense of never having anything quote-unquote bad. Now, I saw something on, on Facebook the other day where someone had posted, a friend had posted, something about the evils of dairy. Now, I'm not going to disagree that cruel treatment of cows and, and many of those things are just bad. Um, you know, uh, I... Cow roaming on a farm for a number of years, and then and then being you know its milk being used, or um, it, it, it eventually being possibly slaughtered, but quickly. And you know what I mean? Again, it may make you uncomfortable, but it is part of a cycle of life in a way done somewhat holistically. Uh, there is cause to suggest that it is quote unquote natural. Um, well, some of my more New Age listeners are going to have their head explode and say it's totally unnatural, but no, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Within reasonable quantities, it, it is a natural part of our uh, our system. Um, cruelty and abuse and, and listen, that's not natural, and that, that's where I'll stand with you 100%. But this piece went on and on about, you know, how we don't need milk at all, it's horrible for us, it's bad in any capacity, and you know, again, when I listen to stuff like this, I'm always thinking to myself, you know, it just, I'm not getting up cheese in this life. You know, uh, the, the, the amazing types of cheeses that have been made and the artistry behind it and 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 having a milkshake once in a while, something like that. Come on, man. You know, I, <laughs> I, I can't. I, 
this is the type of stuff if you're very spiritual and probably more likely somewhat liberal in approach when you get so fanatically extreme in, in those other directions, you know, you really give pause for people to look at you like you're nuts and, and then don't want to listen um, to you at all and the stuff that you write about. So, you know, I've talked about this for a long time, about maintaining some semblance of reality in, in, in life. And, yeah, I ain't giving up cheese. So uh, <laughs> that being said, if you want to give up cheese and you, you know what I mean, or it, does, it affects you poorly and, you know, I get it. But, you know, again, I, uh, it, it just kind of gets into a little bit of cuckoo land stuff to me as well, too, that I think we have to ultimately watch for. But ultimately, also, that is the point. Again, all things in moderation. Um, there's two phrases written over the gateway to the temple at Delphi. The first one to know thy, is know thyself. Uh, the second one is all things in, in moderation. And and that's what I found. I can have coffee. I can, you know, indulge a little bit from time to time. I just have to keep it reasonable and balance it out and take in more water and try to get more organic forms of it. And, you know what I mean? So we, we can maneuver that way. Now, that said, let's kind of switch gears a little bit here because time is going rapidly. Um, you know, I had, uh, you know, it's Virgo time astrologically, so a lot about health and healing and fixing and repairing and looking at those uh, healthy criticism in a life where we may be overly critical. Um, but I had a, a situation, and, and if you get my column, um, I enclosed this. I included this in this ad with the column. It was also posted on Facebook when I went through it. A couple of weeks ago, I had woken up with, um, actually it was probably about six weeks ago, it was about uh, mid-July, and I woke up with kind of some sharp pain on my right side uh, in kidney, liver, possibly gallbladder area, and you know, it wasn't excruciating, but it was uncomfortable, and I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, you know, what is this? Um, and it reminded me about 15 years ago, I woke up with severe pain, um, and, uh, and, and I believe it was probably a kidney or gallstone uh, that had built um, at the time. Uh, that was excruciating 15 years ago. I had got, I survived the morning. I went to my acupuncture Chinese herbalist. He stuck some pins in me. He gave me some medicine, some powders, and, and it moved it through. Didn't even go to the traditional doctor you know so when i had this happen again now 15 years later and i'm feeling a lighter version of it but it's there again my body's trying to tell me dude you're you're building um stones potentially again so um a little ner- a little more than nervous i'll say fearful and i could jokingly call this summer being the summer of fear uh not just for me but for everyone at one level or another that i've talked to with a different version of, of some fear coming up uh, I don't have that acupuncture doctor anymore. I, you know, I have uh, Obamacare. I could go to a doctor, but I don't. I don't typically don't use modern medicine unless I have to. Uh, I use alternative or, you know, self-help medicine medicines. So I was a little nervous about that. Uh, but I got up. I researched online what the trigger points were for kidney, liver, gallbladder, depending on where it was. Um, I looked up the herbs I needed to take. A friend of mine. Uh, I posted this on Facebook, and she mentioned an herb called Shaka Piedra. I may be a brutalizing pronouncement of that, pronouncement, uh, pronouncement of that. And uh, but uh, it's in uh, Peruvian roots. 
and they sell it through Amazon and other places, and it's supposed to break up stones. And so I ordered that, and I ordered product from Sprouts called Stone Free. That was a different herb uh, combination that I was taking, and I stopped drinking coffee for eight or nine days, which was painful. Uh, doubled the water intake, lemon water. I was doing a shot, straight shot of apple cider vinegar every day. I did everything you needed to break it up. And lo and behold, apparently it has worked. Um, I'm not feeling the discomfort of pain at all. I mean, once in a while it's a little mild uh, if I feel it at all, but really for the most part it seems to be gone. Um, I'm back to drinking coffee again. But at practical levels, I realized that I had gotten heavy-handed with it. You know, Taurus rising uh, person here. So while I'm Sagittarius sun sign, my rise, my ascended is Taurus. I can get indulgent. And uh, I was getting a point where I'm drinking coffee every day and like a half a pot of it. And granted, a lot of it's decaf. My coffee is like Turkish coffee when I make it, by the way. <laughs> I make very strong coffee. Uh, you know, very thick. And, you know, uh Physically, I'm you know, getting out of balance. You got to take a couple of days off here and there, drink a little less of it, all that. Drink tea once in a while. So I, I did the cleanse. I did the things I needed to and moved through. Now, here's even the better part of the story, uh, at least from, from my perspective. Um, while I was taking the herbs, while I was hitting the trigger points, knowing that there's a deeper meaning behind any type of physical illness that we have, that it also has a base spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, belief systems. Um, I, You know, at the time I was kind of looking at what um, the meanings were of that, those areas, those organs potentially being affected and the possibility of, of stones building or having difficulty there. So the proverbial metaphysical... Bible of You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, who recently passed away in her early 90s, which is a sad loss for us, but she left behind incredible material that is still available. Highly recommend You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She mentions that liver, all right, let's go to liver, liver, a book of listing all the different organs and what they represent when they're you know, uh, affected. Uh, so she mentioned liver as a seat of anger and primitive emotions. Uh, problems with your liver can be chronic complaining, justifying fault finding to deceive yourself, feeling bad. Um, kidney. Uh, let me get my book, my book here too. I want to quote these correctly. JK. Uh, no, we want. Uh, we did liver, so we want kidney now. J. Okay, and my pages are all messed up, so <laughs> I, I, uh, kidney is, where the hell is that? Uh, see, uh, some of these books I have are so old that I, sometimes the pages are all, all out of order. Okay, here we go. I found it. Uh, kidney, right, kidney problems. <laughs> kidney, disappointment, failure, shame, reacting like a little kid. Um and then we do the uh, then the, the the magical gallbladder. Cause again, I wasn't I didn't go to a regular doctor. I wasn't sure where it was. Um, and I'm listen. I'm, if you have um, uh, problems, you know, I'm not saying don't go to a regular doctor. But I'm, I'm telling you, there are alternatives that you can look at, and possibly doing them in tandem could certainly lessen the need for traditional medicine. But I, I've been, you know, doing this kind of stuff for a long time, so I'm not steering any way from a doctor, but. Um, there are sometimes other ways to handle 
um, a physical illness if you're willing to to look at it. Uh, so gallstones are bitterness, hard thoughts, condemning, and pride. Um, so, you know, all of those things kind of have a feel about them if you listen here to all of this. And so what dawned on me while I was taking the herbs was I began to become very, very aware that one, I had a situation, an incident that happened at, at the local casino that I play at in early July that really pissed me off, that I was angry about, and there was a pride issue. And so I was kind of having a little trouble processing that anger and the sense I needed to do something and then knowing I shouldn't. And you know, so a lot of back and forth that had come from that. But that, to me, was just a sort of an, an added trigger interconnected with a lot of the weird triggers we all had at one level or another with this eclipse that happened over uh, the summer. But the other big issue that came up when I took herbs is I realized that I have actually had a lot of anger toward my mother. And, you know, I've always known that my most of my siblings have had anger toward my mother for a number of reasons. Um, and I, much less so, uh, had a better relationship when I was younger with my mother. Uh, I, they used to accuse me of manipulating my mother more, but, you know... Uh, Maybe I did, but I just was nicer to her, and I was less judgmental about the stuff that she was screwed up about. Um, but uh, so it really began to dawn on me that I have had a lot of buried issue, uh, a buried uh, energy with my mother. So also, uh, I wasn't really seeing it as clearly as I was seeing my brothers and sisters' anger about it. So what the issue is in a nutshell, I will write about this probably in a future column, is my mother's 84 years old. And we're very lucky, me and my six siblings, because my mother is, uh, uh, my father, when he passed years ago, left my mother comfortable financially, so we don't have to worry about taking care of mom. But my mother's getting a lot older, and she physically is deteriorating rapidly. We're having to make decisions about care for her and things like that. And realistically, you know, in, in probably a year or two, maybe three years, my mother will pass, if not sooner. Uh, she's already way outlived her siblings and her uh, parents, so she did good, but, you know, it's time to go, it's time to go. And I think what has always bothered me for the last couple of years is my mother's sitting on a lot of money. Um, she's kind of a hoarder. No one can get that money. If you hear this and you're thinking of trying to rob her, you're never going to get a dime. Uh, <laughs> it's locked away in that sense. So um, I say that with humor. Um, you know, we, you know, when the economic crisis happened in 2008, 2009 here, you know, I went through a lot of tough financial stuff, as did some of my siblings, and my mother, of course, didn't really help. Uh, over the years, whenever you have a difficulty, when my dad was alive, he would always be generous and help. And my mother kind of lives like a hoarder kind of pauper in a way, complaining she doesn't have any money, and she's sitting on quite a bit. And I think, again, that's what angered me. I associate success with being able to be generous with your friends and your family and, and people like that. I got friends that have parents that are flying to take, buying them a cruise somewhere, and, and my mother could easily do any of these things, and she just sits on it. So I think that's where there was an anger that w was building at, at multiple levels for me. So when I took the herbs and, and I realized that this was going on, something clicked and I reframed it. And I do this a lot in sessions with clients when I talk to them about reframing, changing the way you're viewing something, changing your beliefs, changing your perspective on it. And so let me throw this out to you because people, some people might agree with me and say, oh, you know, uh, you're right, your mother sucks, and, you know, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but others might disagree. But all that aside, if 
I told you right now that you have some distant relative that you don't even know very well who probably will pass in a year or two, and you're going to get $80,000 or $150,000 or $60,000 out of the blue uh, from an inheritance, um, and it's going to come to you inevitably anyway. Would you be upset about that, or would you not do a little happy dance realizing that? And <laughs> that is kind of actually where my situation is. I mean, the, that's the, we're all my siblings are in the will. We will it'll get divvied up evenly. And, you know, the beauty of it is if I look at it from that perspective, rather being mad that she's not being generous and sitting on this abnormal amount of money unnecessarily, this is kind of a blessing in a way to know that it's like having money in the bank. And and then the good side is this place to hope she lives another two years and my mother stays around. I love my mother. You know, but she was born in the during the Depression. You know, she lives that mentality of, of, of poverty and difficulty. But on the other side, because she's so frugal, because she's so, you know, tight with her purse strings, she said, no one's getting that money. You know, <laughs> no one's going to squeeze that money out of her. No one's going to rip her off. No one's going to get that money. My mother is very tight-fisted with it. Plus, we practically got my sister's name on the account. My mother can't even write a check for more than $1,000 uh, without my sister knowing what that's going toward. So we kind of took the practical foolproof stuff to deal with that as well. So when I reframed it, I started looking at this as a blessing and from a different perspective. Um, so now not only am I not having the seed of anger, primitive emotions, those issues that were purging through because I've reframed it, but now the other beautiful part is I'm not having the kidney, liver, gall issues. The, the herbs and the things worked. But see, here's why I'm explaining the story. And again, I'll, I'll probably write about this in more detail in a future column. Um, uh, but in a nutshell, as I'm constantly telling my listeners and, and my uh, my, my readers and, and my clients one-on-one, all events are interconnected. If you have an illness, there is a physical reason you have an illness, but there's also an emotional one and a psychological one and a belief system one. And So when you approach healing from, multi, uh, multi, from a, a multi-layered approach, when you're willing to work on changing your beliefs or moving through an emotional issue while at the time doing the physical necessities to heal, the healing is more likely to be much more pronounced and even potentially permanent because you're approaching it from multiple angles. So that's why I, you know, I, I talk in these terms. And, and, and one of the things that has been really beneficial for me, and I've talked about this in a few other times, is I have been really, really working and studying trigger points as well. So not just with herbal medicine and things like that and looking into those, but really beginning to fully grasp and understand the benefits of, of trigger point therapy as well. Uh, that is uh, a big, big part of, of why I think also healing occurred for me. The, the trigger points for kidney, liver, gallbladder, right in the middle of the palms of your hand. That was another thing I was doing is just sitting there and when I'm watching TV at night and, and pressing those trigger points. I talked about this a couple months ago when I was talking about sinus issues and things that I have had, which I've also kind of radically cleared up from some herbal means as well as um, trigger point, um, uh, pressure point and trigger point uh, therapy work on those spots on my face and my hands and my feet and, and learning all about that. You know, the good news is this, guys. I mean, you can, you can go to an herbalist, you can go to a... Um, a professional 
who does acupuncture or, or acupressure or jinjitsu and things like that. And I highly recommend it, by the way. Um, but you also can research yourself. I mean, this is the Internet is having a huge store, massive library at your fingertips. So you can do the research. Now, again, for most of most people, you know, go. you may go to a professional because they're going to be uh, more knowledgeable and you may not have the time and the energy to do all, all the research necessary. But, uh, but uh, fortunately, I do. And that's another reason people also go to me because we're looking at not just understanding what to do in the physical, although I'm not a medicine prescriber or anything like that, I'm still going to send you someone that way as well, but it's also getting to the core of what beliefs are going on, where the blocked energy is, the emotion is. Are you so resentful of your mother? Are you angry spouse? Are you having trouble uh, being wealthy and successful because you have issues and beliefs connected with money and finances that you have not evaluated at one level or another? Do you believe that you know uh, things are come uh, difficult to you uh, for you? You know, I mean this this is the kind of stuff that I do. You know, people think it's just you know, looking at card predictions and things like that. And, yes, we do that to some extent, but there's way more to it. And that's why I'm very lucky and blessed to do the work that I do. Um, and that increased sensitivity that I have towards things is part of also increased awareness. So bringing that back around, yes, guys, you, you develop spiritually, you're going to have more sensitivity to certain foods and, and things like that and people and circumstances and situations but the benefits are huge uh, in that respect. Uh, you know, I am often complimented for uh, looking quite uh, a bit younger than the 52 years I've been alive on this planet, but I do drink a lot of water. I exercise. I moisturize. I, I, I you know, I, I work out four or five days a week for an hour. I am very, very uh, aware of, you know, where I put my energy. Um there's a lot of reasons that I can do that. I'm, I'm eating better, so my skin's going to be better. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very notable from that. Uh, but the other thing is, is I, I prioritize taking care of myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And, and when I work with my clients, I, I try to help them get into that mindset as well, too, because it's valuable. And then here's the good part. <laughs> that, that wasn't a good enough part, so to speak. You know, the other good part is, you know, yes, you can indulge from time to time. You should pay the price for it. When I uh, go to the casino about once a week, I, I, you know, if I'm staying the night at the casino, a lot of times I get a free hotel room, um, I'll, I sometimes might smoke six six cigars, uh, big ones and small ones, while I'm gambling for, you know, seven, eight hours uh, in between dinner and all the other things I do. But, yeah, and the tobacco, it, I notice the next day that I'm, I'm somewhat more dehydrated, that my taste buds are a little less um, sharp, but I double the amount of water that I take in. I, you know, I balance it out, and usually in a day or two, I'm fine again. So that's what I'm getting at. You can still indulge a little in that respect as long as you're willing to kind of balance it out, but then realizing again at the same time, if you're, four, if you're 40 years old and you're still partying like a rock star and eating crap and garbage, what are you doing? If you really want to do that, I mean, you're not paying attention to the messages and signals of your body that are uncomfortable. I mean, that that's the point. So, anyway, okay. Uh, looks like our 45 minutes blasted through, so we'll finish up here. Uh, if you're not already uh, getting my monthly newsletter, email me at venturasag.yahoo.com. Um, you can find that on the site here, information about contact points, 
Um, information about my services uh, are available at jimventura.com. You can order my books. Uh, they're also available on Amazon. And uh, if you're looking at personal sessions, they'll be done uh, by phone. Um, Same-day requests, by the way, are rare to impossible. You sometimes usually booked a couple of days out, but not weeks, so it's not impossible to get in for sessions, whether by phone or in person. Uh, so check that information out. At the very least, uh, uh, feel free to email me and get added to the monthly newsletter. Uh, you'll enjoy getting it. And then I do promotional specials sometimes through the newsletter. Uh, it's a once-a-month column, by the way, so you're not going to get bombarded by crap from me. It's a uh, miracle I get the column out once a month. Never mind sending people and stuff all the time. It ain't going to happen. Uh, so anyway, all right. Thanks for joining me today. This is Jim Matura signing out here on Stake All Radio. We'll catch you all next month, and uh, everybody have uh, an awesome beginning of fall. Cheers.